podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, oh, you yeah. little prick. But then I've got the Phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. I'm sure this... no one will mind. Move him out of here, Darren. Ricky had to go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual. I never see that. <laughs> <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. Boxing, um, nutters, messenger group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Bump, you know what I'm saying? Hello everybody and a very warm welcome to this Boxing Nutters Messenger Group call-in special for the big heavyweight clash this Saturday evening between Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua over in Jeddah. I was just talking to John O'Donovan there, he said it's got that big fight feel. John is absolutely right. I even dragged out the intro for such an occasion. It's a rematch of course, they've already fought once before. The Ukrainian master Usyk himself did a number on AJ, winning a unanimous decision in London last year. Will this be repeat or revenge on August the 20th? The panel made their picks on Sunday, just gone. They'll dissect the fight this coming Sunday. I'll be there as well. We'll even have a red hot reaction on Saturday evening straight after the result in our post-fight pod. But before that, there's still predictions to be made and strategies to be discussed. So let's get down and dirty. If you're in the chat, please make yourselves known. Throw in any bits and pieces you want. I can see a handful already tuning in to join us. There's a, a crack panel on board as well. Danny Young's jumped on. So is John Kennedy and John O'Donovan. Don't want to keep the boys too long, so we'll get stuck straight into it. First of all, with you, John, you're very welcome. What do you make of the respective weights, John? Usyk apparently has this supposed weight gain. It's maybe not as excessive as some people have suggested. According to people who are out there, he doesn't look that big. But is there a danger, do you think, for a former cruiserweight that he could come in too heavy? Yeah, I definitely think it wouldn't have been a good idea. I think given how effective he was in the first fight moving around, um, I don't think coming in much ever would make much sense. But I don't know, pictures can be deceiving. Like I think Ben in our chat said well, he doesn't look as big as it, it seems. So um, I think he come in roughly around the same, to be honest. Joshua looks quite lean, actually. I was, I was watching Joshua Klitschko last night, and Jesus, Joshua looked a lot bigger back then than he was now. He looks a lot more lean. So um, I don't see it being an issue, to be honest, Krusik. Usyk's mm-hmm. got to get around, John. Circle him, use that mobility. If he stops for too long, Usyk, it could be an opportunity for AJ to plant the feet and land the shots. But in the first fight, he's a master strategist. He didn't stay stationary for too long. And if he's he's fit and firing, as we expect him to be, he's going to be moving, running rings, circles around AJ all night, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think as well, 
I was listening to a, a, his promoter Alex Krasuk the other day, and he was saying that um, they expect Usyk to have to go through hell for you know the first few rounds. So I, I'd imagine Usyk is going to come out and look to move around, let Josh retire himself out, see this new this new Joshua under uh, Robert Garcia, and just I think he'll probably drown AJ late this time. Yeah, I'm thinking so too. We're going to throw in our predictions later on, so everyone can. Uh, put it down and see what we're going to come up with. Joe Kennedy is the man for the predictions. He's the head of the Prediction League himself. John said there, Joe, Robert Garcia, he's never trained a heavyweight. We all know he's an experienced, world-class trainer, knows what he's doing. He'll have AJ more aggressive early on. He's going to be on the front foot, but that makes him more susceptible to gassing. I mean, a trainer can only take you so far. At some point, AJ's going to have to bite down, Joe. He's going to have to call on those stamina reserves, and that is where things are going to get tough for him, I think. Yeah, I... um... I enjoyed watching the fight back this week. It's, uh, it, it, I think it'll be really interesting to see how much the first round is like the 13th round of the first fight or whether mm. it's the first round of a completely new fight because really early on in the fight, Usyk, the smaller man, moving up the challenge, the heavyweight with the three belts, he was the first one to land a big shot, which is that left hand, like 20 seconds in or something. Seized the initial of the fight kind of in the first few rounds. And it was his movement that was dictating Joshua, what Joshua was doing. It wasn't the bigger man who was putting it on Usyk. And I just, you know, it'd be interesting to see if Usyk would try to do something again this time around or whether, you know, Joshua will come out all guns blazing to try and avoid that same thing happening again. But uh, I, I saw it a little bit differently than maybe yourself and John with, with Usyk's movement. He, he seemed to be in front of Joshua for a lot of it, you know, just is. Subtle movements and feints and stuff kept Joshua from from firing, and then obviously he was getting countered as well. And obviously he got on his bike when he needed to. But um, I really, really enjoyed the first fight. A couple of ebbs and flows in the fight as well. Joshua came through, came into it in five, fifth and sixth round really well, and then you know used to kind of put him back in this place. So looking forward to seeing you know whether we have another fight with those kind of ebbs and flows. And like I said, whether it's a continuation of the first fight or whether you know, Garcia and, and, and all the other adjustment, adjustments that Joshua's policy made have a, have a big impact in the fight and make it a, a completely different one. Joe, you picked up on good points there, actually. It's the subtle movements with Usyk, rather than the way I was explaining it, kind of not running, but almost moving too fast out the way. It's, he's never, he's, he's a mobile target. He's never stationary. He's always dipping those knees, pivoting in and out, the shoulders, the head. There's constant movement, almost Lomachenko-like. We obviously know the connection, the Ukrainian, the father, the train and that. He's never running as such, but he's always moving. He's never standing yeah. in one place, like a Brazil, like a Molina, like some of these stationary targets of old. Exactly. It makes him a really hard target because he's in constant motion, whether he's you know, fainting or moving his head or moving his hips. If he's, you know, shuffling, it's usually in kind of an L motion so that he's always able to strike, yet he's also very hard to hit cleanly, you know. Um, so it's, it is, it's a really effective way of fighting, especially against a guy who's maybe prone to being static or overly drilled or robotic, you know. It's kind of kryptonite to, to a style like that, someone who's so fluid and, and dynamic, you know. I think... Uh, that was kind of played out the first fight. Joe, just before we move on very quickly, not to put you on the spot as such, but obviously you're taking the boxing predictions off the Nutters group. They're flying in. Have you noticed any patterns? Have we seen a lot of Usyk, a lot of AJ? What, what's catching your eye? Yeah, I was expecting more AJ. I don't know whether it is... I've noticed that the, the, the picks are coming in a lot later this week than in previous weeks. Uh, maybe people are kind of withholding their judgment and maybe there's some AJ fans who are 
you know, waiting to see if anyone else will put their hands up first. But I think it's mm-hmm. nearly all Usyk picks so far, uh, which I was surprised by. I, I, I'm picking Usyk pretty confidently, but I can see ways why people would be picking AJ as well. Um, but I wanted to correct you as well, Steve, because you said I was at the head of the prediction league, and I'm so far from the top of the prediction league. <laughs> You're the figurehead <laughs> of the prediction league. Yeah, Nowhere I'm near the, the top, Joe, but the figurehead. Yeah, I'm the workhorse. He keeps it. He keeps it going. That's all. <laughs> exactly, and a fine job you do too. Stay with us, Joe, for as long as you wish. We're not going to be going all night, folks, but you never know. We might carry on if different people jump on. Z Economics has jumped on. We'll go to him very shortly. Just before we do so, Danny Young's here, top technical analyst. Let's talk tactics, Danny. It's your fa- favourite subject on a Thursday evening. Uh, so, am I, am I feeding back there, Danny? You're not listening. No, it sounds good this end, unless someone, unless anyone else tells you any different. I'm not sure what's going on there. I thought I took it here myself in the background. What I was going to say to you was, rather than aiming for the smaller target to the head, Joshua would be better off, do you think, jabbing to the body, maybe bringing the hands there and trying to bring the right hand over the top, possibly? He's got to. There's no. There's no way he's going to win the fight unless unless he unless he tries to do that. He's he's got to try and get. Usyk's defense is 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 very good. We all know that it's very good. I mean, you. I mean, I only go back to the Gassiev fight, and, and he barely got a punch that night because he was he's, he was just so good. And Gassiev, obviously, as we know, like a little bit like like Joshua, was a big hitter, and he just stayed clear. He stayed clear of the right hand all night. And 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 did what he had to do, and unless Joshua gets those hands down, he's not he's not going to be able to to even think about throwing a right hand because you know he he can throw all the right hands he wants from from the start around one, two, and three, but they're they're just they're just going to be hitting gloves and and, and forearms all night. Um, and and the point I kind of wanted to make um, around this all, and I think it's I think it's time it kind of it said, and I've said it to a couple of people this week that I think. The, the the biggest downfall for Joshua is that I think uh, Usyk's one of the best in fight strategists you we we've had in boxing. Mm. Um, he, he'll as as many people that have watched him over the over the past you know five six years, he'll happily let a couple of rounds you know the, the first two three rounds just go, you know without any real activity because he's there. You know, plodding away, finding angles, looking at where his um, um, where his attacks are going to come from, and where they're going to go to, and what 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 movement he really needs to do. He's so he's so dialed in on that, and I think it's I think it's um, it's not spoken about as much as maybe it should do. Um, so that I was just going to put that across as a little bit of a general discussion for the panel. Do do we rate Usyk as 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 one of the best in fight strategists? Because if you you go back, even you go back to the Bellew fight, people really thought Tony Bellew was winning. You know, rounds one, two, three, four, five. That was just Usyk just finding his way out. You know, I think Usyk always knew he was gonna he was gonna get catch the KO there, but. Um, it gives people, a, you know, a false sense of security, and 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 that's the only way I can see this fight going. Usyk giving Joshua hope early on, but only to then get, well, for only then for it to be his own downfall, gas out, and then obviously get get caught later on down the stretch. It's a perfect summation and a good point brought forward as well as economics. What do you think about Danny's point there about Usyk? 
being the in-fight strategist. He's definitely one of the best around at the moment. Well, I mean, when he's talking about the, the Tony Bell, you think, like, he was just letting, it was like Floyd Mayweather against an Irishman, uh, what do you call him? That fucking area. McGregor. Yeah, Conor McGregor. When Mayweather fought McGregor, he just let him have three or four rounds to tie himself out and then beat him up. And that's what uh, Usyk did to Bell, you. Like, I, I remember sitting watching that fight, having told my mates, like, this is Barcelona against, like, Sheffield United or something like that. This guy's got no chance. And it, he did seem to be edging his way into the fight first year for a round, but it was only because Usyk was letting him have that wee bit of success in order to kind of bring him out of his shell. So I agree absolutely with Danny's trying to say there. Like, Bill, you had the success Usyk let him have. Now, the fights that Usyk had against the kind of higher standard of guys at Cruiserweight, the, the guy, when he was fighting for some undisputed cruiserweight title, those guys were better boxers than the guys he's fought at heavyweight in terms of a technical boxing ability. Like, so the, the idea that there's anything Joshua can do to win a boxing match against Dushik, I just, I, I just kind of see it. Like, he, he's got to forget about boxing and just try fighting. And it's easy to say that. We all know and we've all said and we've all heard. Like, he has to go in there and put it on him, try and pull some of the ropes, bash him up, go to the body. We can all say that, but, but saying it's one thing and doing it's another. Yeah, and can he sustain it? Yeah, well, exactly. In the second half of the fight, I mean, I've seen, I don't know if it was Matt, he was talking about, like, he has to try and kind of be a, a bit like uh, when Cottle fought, what you call Margarito, and Mar- Margarito pressured and pressured and pressured him. Aye, that's great. That would be a brilliant strategy, but he's not got the Margarito gas tank. Like, there's no way he can fight that sort of upgrade for 12 rounds. Now, I, I think Usyk's got his number. I think it's going to be more of the same and, and maybe get that knockout that he threatened to get. But maybe there's just enough doubt uh, to make it interesting in terms of how how's the war in Ukraine affected Usyk's preparation you know, Josh is a new trainer. Is he going to change the approach? Is, are they going to find something that works? How's, has Usyk put on too much weight? Is Josh going to cut a wee bit? But these are like small questions. The, the kind of big thing for me is that Usyk's got that much of a, an edge in, in terms of ability and confidence and just smarts that, Josh, I can't even see it, man. Like, the first fight... I'll be honest, man, I, I was a bit pissed when I watched the first fight, so I've got no much recollection other than mm. Usyk pretty, pretty comfortable the whole, the whole way through it and, and seemed to kind of really push him at the end. But, nah, I don't know, man. I, I, I just can't see Joshua really having much to offer. But, you know, as I say, there, there, there was enough of those wee kind of question marks that maybe for the first three or four rounds it would be interesting, but, nah, Usyk's going to stroll up again, I think. Uh, Zico Nutter Adam from the Boxing Nutters Messenger Group, which obviously you're also a member of, said, uh, for me, AJ is damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Can't box to a win, and if he goes after him, leaves himself mightily exposed if he doesn't get the job done early to middle rounds. For all this his chat, I find him too tense, nervy, and in his head too much. The batteries run out for a late U6 stoppage, in my opinion. So mental state and also physical state, burning up nervous energy. Uh, the fight's going on in his head as much as it is in the ring with AJ, I think, Zico. Yeah, I mean, I think with, with any sort of heavyweight, I think confidence is an issue. Uh, Mentality is an issue. Mm. Uh, I think uh, in the lower weights, the guys are a bit more seasoned, a bit more proven. It's it's harder for the guys in the lower weights to kind of build up 
the confidence. But uh, I think with, with the heavyweights, guys that are like six foot five, six foot six, 18 stone, they've always been the biggest guy. They've always been the toughest guy. They've, uh, until they get to the top level in boxing, they're never really worried about people hurting them. But when it gets to that top level, uh, the heavyweights, I think the confidence is more fragile, no doubt. Like, if you look through the history of like fighters that have struggled with their mentality, there's a lot more heavyweights, you know, guys like Galata, Tyson, um, other, even like, what you call him, big, the big, big guy that won the gold medal for, for Britain, what you call him? Uh, Awardly. Awardly, yeah. These guys, they, they're, not, they're not as men, for me anyway, they're not as mentally strong as the guys in the lower weights because of the fact one punch can change the fight. doesn't matter who it is, what level, they're only ever one punch away from getting knocked out. And I think deep down, a lot of them know that. Now, guy like Joshua obviously came late to boxing, done well to get where he is. But I, I don't think he's the most... I'm not saying he's, he's like scared. He's not like Gordon was scared. But I don't think he's an adaptive fighter. He's not a guy that can get halfway through a fight and realise I need to do something different. You saw that when he fought Andy Ruiz and like three or four rounds in after he got kind of bashed up a wee bit. He's saying to the trainer, what do I do? What do I do? And I've never seen that before in my life. Mm. Like, I'm saying to the trainer, what do I do? Like, they all know what to do. They just need a bit of cajoling and steering and sent in the right direction. But I've never seen that before. So, in terms of the mentality, yeah, I think there is question marks over Josh's mentality. I don't think he's like, I've seen accusations of him quitting. And that Reese fight, I don't buy that for a minute. I think it just got to the stage. Certainly in the Reese fight, you know, when the referee looked like he was about to stop it. I thought it was like inexperienced for Joshua. Um, a guy that's just had everything handed to him, everything went his way. When the referee looks like he's about to stop it, you need to be putting a show on, you need to be up on your toes, you need to be shadow boxing, shuffling from side to side, showing that you can still fight. And he just kind of sat there and waited for the ref to send him back in. And, you know, he, he got a bit of stick for that, which I felt was a bit unfair because I think he was willing to go on. He just didn't conceive that the fight was about to fucking stop. Um, so, so that, but, but even that, that's naivety. You know, it's not, it's a guy that doesn't have the smarts rather than the heart, you know. That's mm-hmm. that's something where I think he feels he falls a bit short as well. But, uh, you know, you look at a guy like Usyk, he's been there, he's seen it, he's done it. You know, he's done it at Cruiserweight, he's done it in the amateurs. He's come up to heavyweights and he's, you know, he had his, his introductory fight against Chisora and then he beat Joshua with Brayton Sweat. What's he got to worry about? You know, the, the only question mark over Usyk for me is, how much is what's going on in Ukraine affected him and, you know, has he put too much weight on? But he's he's comfortable, he's happy where he is. You know, he knows that he won that fight easy and all he has to do is go and do the same and it'll probably come as easy the second time around. Absolutely. Good stuff, Zico. Some great points made there and exactly right. One punch can change everything in the heavyweight division. And U6 face did look a little bit marked up after that first fight. Joshua definitely had some success. And I think if he goes to the body, he could make things interesting. Uh, John, just moving on from Adam's point and what Zico discussed there, Adam made a good point again about AJ's mental state. I don't want to go too far into it, but I mean, we laugh about these weird idioms, this kind of faux philosophy that doesn't make sense. But I do think he lives in his head a lot and probably lacks confidence, which is strange to say for such a big guy who's earned a lot of money and beats people up for a living. But he always seems like he's trying to work himself out, trying to work his character out. It's a little bit contrived at times. I suspect he's a fragile character, John, maybe even borderline conflicted or even tortured at times trying to show these different faces to different people rather than being who he is. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you seem to take a lot of, uh, put a lot of stuff from what people say as well. You often hear him refer to 
criticisms he receives in interviews, and he's always trying to just give him brass for the first two six fights. Everyone kind of jumped on and said, You should have been more aggressive and all this. And he came out and done that really weird interview where he was talking about looking up to drug dealers, and he's really actually really aggressive and all this. Yeah, this character or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I think his confidence goes up and down mid fight. Like, he if he gets success with the right hand, he gets this jolt of energy and attacks someone. If he gets hit, he looks it's almost like he's disappointed in himself. I remember after this whole round music fight, remember music kind of buzzed him. He spent the entire time in the in the corner looking up at the replay of himself getting hit. It's like that's what I think is going to happen on Saturday. I think is it's it's all going to come in this mentality you're going to be aggressive. But I think when when Duke success peppering him, it's, he's going to go inside his own head again. So I think I think I think that's going to be a big factor. And also on Zico's point about the Ruiz fight, I don't think there's any quitting him either. He kept getting up and he got up four times or whatever it was in total. He didn't want to quit, but at the same time, I think there was almost an element of relief when the fight got stopped because he would have kept going up back out there, but he just didn't know what to do to change the fight. Yeah, there, I think with AJ, it's like acceptance rather than quitting. I think it's the same music fight. He just accepted later on that this isn't like, I'm not going to go, you know, go up in my sheet here because this is going to happen to me. And... Um, and I think Zico made a great point. It, it's it's smarts more than heart. I think that's what that AJ lacks. Uh, Joe, I'm not sure who the officials are. I was trying to have a look beforehand about the judges, the referee, etc. But I do subscribe to the theory, Joe, that the judges and the whole setup is going to be loaded in the favour of the house fighter, so to speak. I know they're not fighting in the UK, but we all know what the crack is here. You six a road warrior. He goes, he travels, he gets his rewards. He's always done that. He's going to have a fight. He's going to go in there to that fight. There's going to be two or three rounds pre-filled out, as far as I'm concerned. So if he's going to win, he's going to have to win big or score a massive KO. These judges, they're going to be wined, they're going to be dined, primed for a particular outcome. There's no messing, man. I'm going full Illuminati here. Those scorecards aren't going to be favourable to Usyk unless he's a big winner. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, the fact that one of the judges had it 7-5, the first fight, you know, I don't know how he could five, find five rounds for AJ in that first fight. Um, even the zone commentary, who were... At times, like saying, whenever you would pop off a shot, they're literally going, ah, as if it was a bad thing, you know, like yeah. it hurt them, you know? <laughs> it was like, guys, you could cover up. They're both supposed to be the zone fighters, really, but um, you're right, Usyk's the, not the big money name. He's the one who, you know, if anyone was going to get shafted in the cards, it's going to be Usyk in this fight. Yeah, unfortunately, boxing the way it is, nothing would, nothing would surprise me. Um, but I think Usyk, you know, he made it so clear in the first fight they couldn't take it off him, and you know, you would just hate to see something like that happen again. And you know, whatever about the sports washing stuff in Saudi Arabia and all that kind of stuff, I don't want to get into that. But it is a big event, and uh, a, 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 you know, a robbery would really mar the event and would be a big black eye on boxing, which is the last thing boxing needs. It has enough enough black eyes anyway, as it is. Um, we, we don't need, you know, the great bunch of lads and, and all the rest of it jumping mm-hmm. on this boxing's a rigged sport, you know, commentary if, if there is a robbery. So, yeah, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully Usyk will, will make it, you know, definitive either early or, you know, on the cards. But, um, or even, you know, if, if AJ wins, hopefully it's definitive as well. I just don't want to see a, a robbery like that. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily think that it, as much as the money would be good that we need to, to see a trilogy, I want a definitive finish in you six favour. I'm not even going to yeah. lie. One of the nutters as well, Joe Damo, uh, threw in a question or a comment earlier upon my request for contributions. He said, my only view on what I've seen so far is that Joshua looks mentally fucked, which is what we were saying as well. Uh, Damo continues, he doesn't know where to look during the stare-offs, tries to look focused when walking away, but then has people chirping in his ear. I think you sick within six by no mass. He's calling it we talked about acceptance earlier and sort of quiet quitting Damo's going full out Joey's going for no mask do you think that's a possibility mm, no I think you, you guys have AJ pretty well nailed down um I think there's a big difference I think that you know AJ is almost intimidated by how relaxed Usyk is sometimes but he looks so free and kind of present and enjoying himself and, um, you know, even with all the backdrop of what's happened in, in his home country, you know, he's, he doesn't seem to have a, be burdened with the weight of the World Heavyweight Championships around his neck. You know, he seems to be kind of enjoying it. And I saw something on The Zone. It was an interview with him. We described, like, his personality type and his, you know, basically his happiest place is entering the ring. And he, he feels like he's a... A bird in a cage, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. But once he steps through the ropes, he's free. And um, it's you know, I wouldn't want to be going into a ring with that a guy with that kind of mentality who has a kind of live for the moment, nothing to lose, you know, kind of attitude. And he's we also got the skills to back it up, you know. So I'd be rattled if I was AJ. I don't think he's the most mentally strong person anyway. He's always. You know, like you said, contradicting himself with silly, you know, word salads that he spits out. Um, and I think that, yeah, he's he's up against a big time with a, a really a mentally very strong character in music. You know, he's been to many backyard and backyard and, and come away with wins and, and, and not been intimidated or, or uh, let the occasion get to him at all. So, yeah, definitely up against it in terms of the big contrast in mentalities, really, when you think about it. Exactly. Up against it mentally and physically. Roll on Saturday evening. Just as we start to wind down, don't forget if you're watching this after the fact, leave a comment, leave your fight picks in the comments below the YouTube section. You can boast afterwards about how you got it right or you can disappear if you got it wrong. Maybe you want to get into the prediction league like the boys. Danny Young's throwing in a great question here to Cracker. Do you all think that if Usyk wins again, that his physicality will set the blueprint for future heavyweights and mean that the day of the big lump slowly dies out? What about you, Danny? What do you think about the the question that you posed? Uh, well, I don't obviously. When just, I suppose I'm going to absolutely rip my own question apart. There. <laughs> um, we're always going to get fat bastards, aren't we? There's no two ways about it because everyone, <laughs> you know, look look at the shit that they wheel out for some of these fucking you know um, Olympians nowadays. You know what I mean? As soon as you've won, won a gold, silver, or bronze, I get that you've got to earn your stripes and you've got to work your way up. But look at the, some of the fat bastards that we've seen on TV, like, and on, like, again, undercards for fucking pay-per-views and all the rest of it. So we're always going to get fat people. But I suppose my question was more leaning towards champions as opposed to, you know, um, and potential contenders as opposed to just, like, people in heavyweight boxing. Because mm. I suppose you go back to, like, so, like, you know, super heavyweights in, in the Olympics, like, they, they were never big lumps really they were always a lot of them had good footwork you know good basics good footwork 
a good jab and things like that. And I just wonder Mobility, whether... could fight to the pace, yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of thing, you know. Don't get me wrong, you know, there was, it was lesser rounds and all the rest of it, yeah. But I'm just thinking that that's, that's you know, that's almost... Well, there you go. Usyk's an example. So, uh, what, he boxed it? Was it super heavy at some point in the Olympics or...? Or was it, I know, he, he was definitely heavy at one point, wasn't he? And he, then he, fought, he, was he fought Joe Joyce, didn't he? He was some size of a heavyweight too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, and and it's done him, you know, no harm at all, um, learning his trade that way and being of that size. And I just wonder whether that, you know, is the blueprint. I'm not, you know, I can't think of many people that we have got that are of a similar size that we have in the heavyweight division that, that are, you know, a shining talent at the minute or you're a standout but i do wonder if people are going to think about you know being more light-footed and 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 being a little bit more nimble and not worrying too much about the uh the power aspect of it it's just it's just you know like i say it's just a random thought that i wanted to throw out and just see if if anyone had any opinions on it yeah i think uh unfortunately we would have a really really good insight into whether you're right or wrong with the usic fury fight but Fury looks so far away from wanting that fight that I don't know if we're going to get an answer that way. Um, because I'd like to see whether Fury would be able to use his size to to his advantage against Usyk. Because I think the question kind of comes down to whether the small man can neutralize that advantage. And you know, in, in Joshua's case, he's got the advantage in size and he's got the advantage in power. But the advantage in power doesn't mean much if he can't catch someone clean. Uh, and the size advantage doesn't matter much if it also hinders you down the stretch and reduces your gas tank because your body's, you know, carrying around a lot of muscle that's not supposed to be doing. So um, I think that there definitely is potential. There's, a, I think that there's the size advantage will always remain there, but, you know, there will be cases of guys like Usyk and Holyfield and other smaller heavyweights who can come around and are good enough and, brave enough and have all the other attributes that can get them over the line against bigger guys. Zico, at the end of the question there, Danny says, uh, has the day of the big lump slowly died out? And Joe's perfectly segued into what I was going to ask you as well. The day of the big lump seems to be dying out with Tyson Fury. He's retired one day. He's not retired the next. We need to see Fury against the winner of this fight, especially if it's Alexander Usyk, don't we, Zico? No retirements, no pissing about, no lineal championship. That fight's got to happen. Well, um, I don't know if that is going to happen. Um, like, in in terms of Joshua against Fury, I'm past Kane. Like, I, I don't. Mm. They've had long enough. Um, it, it's been fucking Scott's getting lifted and eyebrows getting fluttered and nobody getting shagged. That's the problem. <laughs> like, the fight has never come to pass, and they've had all kinds of opportunities. You know, you can talk about the problems with the Kennehans and you know. Mandatory's getting thrown up like fuck that. If, if they really wanted to fight the but it would have already. But it's just delay and delay and delay and delay. And the thing with Fury is Fury's an unpredictable guy. Who knows what's going on with Fury? Um, maybe he's got something going on in his private life. Maybe he's just kind of kidding on with the retirements as, as he's done in the past. Maybe there's an issue with the law. Who, who knows? Who knows what might happen? So, in terms of Fury against Joshua, eh, might happen, might not. Fury against. Uh, Yushik, it's a bit of a weird fight. Like it's like a freak show fight almost because Fury against Joshua, there's not that much a size difference. Joshua against Yushik, there's not that much a size difference. But Yushik against 
Fury, there is a big old size difference there and nowhere near as much of a difference in terms of technique and skill. So it's, it's a bit of a weird one. Um, I, I suppose I'd be interested, but I don't know, man, to get back to Danny's original point about the days of the the big lump, like it seems to me like there's a lot more big lumps on the scene than there are heavyweights like Ushik. You know how many you talk about Ushik Holyfield? Have there been many more guys step up the cruiser from cruiserweight to do it? Seems to be getting bigger, don't they? Yeah, I mean David Hay was maybe one of those guys, but it, you know it's just smoking mirrors with him. You know fights fell through, shit performance against Vlad, injuries kind of fucked him as well. You know we we were kind of denied the. David Hay fight against Tyson Fury, which at the time I think would have been interesting. I don't think Fury was what he would he would later become. And if that was a prime David Hay against that version of Fury, who knows how that may have went. But it never happened. And if you look at the guys kind of below, you know, the, the elite kind of... I mean, Dave, Deontay Wilder, is he a big lump? I suppose he probably is. Maybe not in terms of weight, but in terms of height and like, Gangly, yeah. like, and, and he's just a big one punch guy. But 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 that one punch is the hammer of Thor, you know. So if you look below below those, you know, Joshua Fury and Wilder, who's who's your next guys? Two big lumps, you know, uh, Joe Joyce and what's his name? Another big lump that lost to Joe Joyce. Dubois, Dubois, yeah. So it looks to me like. The big lumps will go and they'll be replaced by new big lumps. Who, who, who else? I mean, aside the rules two, if 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 Yushik, Joshua, Wilder and Fury disappear tomorrow, who's going to be running the heavyweight division? It's going to be big lumps as far as I can see. Um, so I, I wish, I, I would be, I would love it if there was more guys like Yushik coming up from Cruiserweight. You know, nimble guys that can really box and offer something different, but there's, there's no been too many of them and Recent years, and um, I don't, I don't see too many on the horizon, sadly. Jared Anderson isn't a massive one. That, that's that's one smaller kind of heavyweight I'd throw in there as well. Uh, well, yeah. I've not seen much of him. I've got to be honest. If, if anything's cool, I'll take a word for it. But more power to him if he can come up and start asking some questions. I think what they're doing with Anderson as well, Joe. They seem to have dragged him back a little bit. He's fighting these guys with. Good looking records, but maybe not the strongest technically. I think they're waiting for the likes of Fury, Wilder, Joshua, Usyk to try and power down the belts to start to become vacant and then push Jared Anderson forward. You notice they're not pushing him too quickly into positions now to fight those guys, which is a smart move because he's still a young uh, guy, Joe. Yeah, they got his name out there kind of early um, during COVID first lockdown, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they've got plenty of time with him. I think he's a young guy. Um, I made, did I tell you I met Otto Wallen in New York City uh, yesterday coming off Ooh, the train oh no do tell <laughs> it was crazy so I I live in New Jersey and I travel by train into New York to go I work in New York City and I was getting off the train I've, a couple of times I've seen a guy big guy who looks like Otto Wallen and then I've been like the third time I saw him I was like it looks really like him. I got my phone up straight away and I was like it's definitely him so the next time I saw him was yesterday I stopped him and I said hey I'm a big fan he stopped and said hey and I told him that you know he should have got the Dillian White fight and he said that Dillian White blocked him on Instagram after he ducked him and uh, yeah we had a little laugh he's a lovely guy he said he, I think he trains with Joey Gamash around the corner yes from, he does yeah from Penn Station he, he was there as well so 
yeah, hopefully I'll see him again. I, I might get some fight news off next time. Yeah, absolutely. Next time we're talking to Otto, tell him to get in touch. Big fan of him, especially after that Fury fight. And yeah, the, the Dillian White fight was an absolute disgrace, but he can definitely get back in the mix. I mean, we mentioned Wilder. He's coming back against Hellenius, just on a slight tangent, Joe. Uh, if he can get rid of Hellenius, I think the WBC title might be on the line by that point. Who knows? All of a sudden, Wilder's WBC champion again. As much as the landscape changes, as much as it stays the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it would be a bit of a sense of deja vu again if Wallace then starts knocking over nobody's uh, after he goes through Hellenius. But I actually really like that fight. Uh, Hellenius is a bit of a, a bit of a weird, and he can kind of have stinkers and then throw really kind of inspired performances. I think you know what you're gonna, you know, he's got he's got a bit of dig, um, he's a bit brittle as well. So it should be should be a fun one as long as that one lasts. I wouldn't expect it to go to distance. Um, but I think Helenius has kind of deserved it after uh, beating uh, Kovnatsky pretty convincingly tw- two times. Twice, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think he, he deserves a big fight. Um, you know, he's had a bit of a stop start career. But I think, uh, you know, if Wilder's not, if Wilder, you know, waits until the 12th round to detonate something, that, you know, it could be too late for him. You know, he, he wouldn't want to pace the fight like he did uh, the second Luis Ortiz fight. I think he'd want to go out and try to get rid of Helenius pretty early um but yeah i'm looking forward to that one me too i think wilder will get rid of him similar to how joel washington did and the wbc and the no rather the heavyweight division is a better division for having deontay wilder on top and on good form i think um danny threw in a little follow-up to his question he said i did want to add and not sure it's been mentioned that Usyk will be fighting for his country and i don't think you can ignore that and i don't think it's pressure for Usyk. i think it's it helps him i agree with danny on that one he's very res- mentally resolute very mentally strong and I don't think anything's going to phase him. The fact he's gone on the road so much as a road warrior, all throughout his cruiserweight career, all throughout his heavyweight career so far, he'll travel anywhere. He doesn't care. He's very mentally strong. I also think that'll be a factor for him. That will motivate him. He's given away the rights to the Ukraine people as well. So, yeah, that won't phase him whatsoever. Right, boys, before we get our picks and get out of here, we'll have a quick look over the undercard. You can talk about whatever you want. I'll do a quick rundown. It's not the best undercard in the world. We all know that pay-per-view, pay-per-view ones these days, especially UK ones, don't tend to be. Uh, Callum Smith's going in against Matteo Bordelic. We've got the unbeaten heavyweights, Philip Hergovic going in against Gilles Zhang. That's an eliminator. Badu Jack against Popeye, Richard Rivera, Andrew Tabiti's on it as well. Ramla Ali, Ben Whitaker, a few other no names. Uh, Daniel Lapine, I've never heard of this guy, but I was checking him out before the call. He's a pole based in Ukraine. He's 5 0 with no knockouts. His box rec photo looks like he's about 10 years of age. But he's six foot six, 25 year old Ukrainian Southpaw following in the Usyk mold. So uh, Daniel Lapim, we'll keep an eye out for him. I'm not expecting you to have any inside information on that fella, John. But anything on the undercard that takes your fancy, or is it just a case of getting a few knockouts and getting straight onto the main event? Horgovich and Zang could be fun, I suppose. Uh, I was laughing at the part of the description, but what did Zang have? Liver failure or something? Irene or failure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be interesting for a few rounds. Uh, Callum Smith going down the path of least resistance as usual. His, his long and winding and pointless career. Um, what else is on there? Yeah, nothing else interesting me to be honest, Steve. It's, it's all about the main event. It's all about the main event, Joe. Someone came up with an interesting statistic earlier. Apparently, whenever Callum Smith appears on a Joshua undercard, that's when he loses. I think Callum appeared on the first Usyk fight. He appeared on the first Ruiz undercard as well. So having Callum Smith is a bit of a harbinger of doom. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he boxed the jack in the box in the first uh, Ruiz fight, didn't he? 
yeah. uh, Hassan and Jamie. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, like, I think there's a few different curses going around now. Isn't there, there's a Drake curse and a Versace curse and stuff like that as well. So was the I second one the one where he knocked that guy out? Was it Lennon Castillo? Was that on the Joshua and the card? I think that might have been the, the second one. That was on the second one, and then the first one was yeah. Hassan and Dam. Oh uh, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, Hassan and Dam. Yeah, that was a brutal knockout too, and Dam. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he he was down like four or five times before that. You've got <laughs> so, to hit him that hard to keep him there down, though, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've no major interest in the undercard, and it's actually I, I'm I'm going to be able to see the fight, but I won't be able to see any of the undercard because we've got plans here in Saturday afternoon. But I'll be able to steal myself away for the main event. But um, I would just want to mention just uh, Usyk's compatriot and stable uh, stablemate Loma who. Uh, announced a pretty good fight, I think, to, to keep busy fight uh, against the young guy Jermaine Ortiz, who we mm-hmm. saw fight uh, Jamal Herring, I think, last month. Yeah. Um, I really, really like this fight just because he's, you know, he's not picking a, a kind of a walkover fight. You know, I think the plan is to have this fight and then have the Haney fight, um, next year in early twenty twenty three. They're supposed to fight in two weeks apart in October. Um, Haney obviously fighting Cambosis for the second time, but you know, this is a young kid, he's gonna fight a similar kind of way to Haney. You know, he's a back foot, nice boxer with a good jab, quick feet, quick hands. You know, it's, it, I think it's a really good warm up fight for, 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 for a Haney fight next. Uh, I think if that's if that's the plan, and if Uncle Bob delivers, then uh, I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Zeke, are you jumping in there, sir? Yeah, just to come on about uh. Lomachenko, like I hope he's not going to get kind of ushered into that Guillermo Rigondo zone where people just try and forget he exists and pretend he's not there because he had that fight against Lopez. Oh, all right, he lost the fight, but you know he, he was competitive in it. But it's just like he's an invisible man since then. Like none of my coming about. You know these guys at, at lightweight. You know they just pretend that he doesn't exist. So I'm hopeful that that he will kind of come back in the fold and that. He wins a fight because I think he's still still the business. Like for me, I'm prepared to put that down as an off night, and uh, I'd love to see him against some of those lightweights uh, or oh, even yeah, you know, up. But uh, in terms of the the Karanda card at the weekend, it's, it's fucking thin. Like there's no no getting away from it. Like was you know I think as Joe mentioned, like the fight with Ergovic and Big Bang's Neil Zhang. Uh, which I quite like the double alliteration there. I'm, I'm always there for that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, like, uh, I don't think there's much on the go there. I know. Uh, see this other Ukrainian you were talking about, the six foot six guy? Is he like a heavyweight? Is he a light heavyweight? No, so he's a, a light heavyweight. Oh, I suppose it'll be interesting that. That brings a bit of kind of that kind of freak show interest, I suppose. Maybe I'm being harsh there. But, uh, Nah, no much, no much going on in the undercard, sadly. But listen, like you say, it's all about the, all about the main event. Absolutely. What about the main event for you, Danny? Or is there anything on the undercard to keep you going on this uh, pay per view evening back on Sky? Put it this way, Steve. I better get an extra crate of beers in because the undercard <laughs> is, uh, is a bit is a bit uh, bit light, isn't it? Safe to say to least. But uh, but yeah, no, it's all about the main event, mate. Um, like I, I'm, I'm hearing what eleven ish, eleven thirty ish for ring walks, isn't it, or something? Yeah, so I was, hopefully, I was hoping a bit earlier actually, because I remember last time it was about nine, it was about nine half nine for the Ruiz fight, wasn't it? So I hope it's not too late. I think didn't they, haven't they didn't they miss a trick and it didn't quite fit in with like other 
countries times and all the rest of it. Oh, right, okay, like push back. Okay. That's I've thought. Well, anyway, my feelings on that. But anyway, yeah, main event, mate. Um, <sighs> knockout eight, round number eight for Usyk. I can't, honestly, I can't, I can't see how Joshua wins this. And if it get if it becomes a fiddle on the cards, then um, this is the last time. I I know I can't do nothing about it. But it's the last time boxing can really stand for f- fucked up cards if it if it goes that way and it and something needs to be done about it. It's that big, do you think? Really? Yeah, I think so because you can't in in this kind of in this kind of fight you just want you want a result that mirrors the performance and they tried to fuck Usyk over in the first fight. Thankfully, they didn't. Um, because even even when it went even when it went to the cards, I was sitting there going, "Oh dear," you know. You just you just knew mm. something bad was going to happen, and I think the fact that it's in Saudi would makes it even more likelier than than it is than it was in England. I know that sounds slightly strange, but I just think because Saudi have got all their eggs in one basket, and you know, I think they're obviously on the Joshua train, and I think that if Obviously, if Joshua wins that, then it's a potential third fight, and we go again somewhere else. I'm assuming, but I, I, I just don't want that to happen. I really don't want that to happen. So, yeah, for me, if we get a, if we get a stinker of result, someone's got to step in and, and do something about it on, on this occasion. No more. But you're going for Usyk eight for then stoppage, yeah? Usyk in in eight, mate. Yes, for me. Good stuff, Danny. Thank you very much. We'll go around the boys as well and see what they've got. Um, there's Daniel Lappin, by the way. I was mentioning it to <laughs> He looks like Sonny Edwards or something, doesn't he? <laughs> My son's in nursery with that fella. That's what I was. <laughs> Is he allowed to be fighting? Uh, Apparently he loves a milk and biscuit, that fella. <laughs> <laughs> he does indeed. Uh, as for the main event, Zico, I'm going for Usyk ninth round stoppage. I think AJ will come out fire in the first few rounds. It could get hairy. It could be interesting. But I think all of a sudden it'll start to go into a familiar pattern. Usyk will take over. And I think he's going to put his foot on the gas and hammer in nine or ten around. I'm going to hedge my bets for round number nine. Usyk's going to have the bit between his teeth. I think we could, we could see a nasty version. Not none. I mean, he's going to start smashing up the ring afterwards or anything. But I think we're going to see a really focused, motivated uh, in for the kill version of Usyk, and that's the type I'm looking forward to. Zico, what you've seen? Well, I think what you're saying there about Josh in the first few rounds, he is always going to be dangerous. The first few rounds, mm. um, he's always going to be a guy who, until he gases, can pose a threat. But yeah, I, I think uh, a kind of late stoppage for Usyk, maybe, maybe even literally a stoppage. The ref just kind of taking mercy and Joshua. So maybe probably I don't know, eleventh, twelfth round. You know, he had a wee nibble at him. The last time, I think, I don't know if it was Danny that raised the point about Usyk's fighting for this country. He's, he's really got something to do and to show and to prove and to to send a message. I think that, that that's something I hadn't really thought of up till now, but probably is the case. That he's going to be keen to do something, you know, to emphatic. And I think he might, he might just get it. But as I said earlier, there is enough doubt about, you know, the way for both of them and the new trainer and the situation with the war that, you know, who knows, who knows. But nah, who should be a late stoppage for me? Another one for Usyk late stoppage as well. And a nutter Gary Taylor threw something in earlier on. He said, I still think it's an interesting fight, oddly. I do think AJ could spring a surprise. It's just hard to imagine. 
Usyk is only going to be better, I fear. Maybe the weight doesn't work, but again, I don't see them fucking something like that up. They've got a plan, and it's worked so far, says Gary. Everyone seems to be going for Usyk so far, John. Not too much divergence from you, I can expect. No, Usyk, KO 10, I think. I think Joshua will have a good start. I think I can see him going to the body early on. Uh, he had some success in the first fight in the kind of mid-rounds of the body. But um, I think to Danny's point, they're on about Usyk being like the, the master in-fight strategist. I think the first fight is a great example of that. AJ had a great fifth and sixth, and Usyk came up and was fucking brilliant in the seventh. He completely took the momentum away from went back to the lead hand. Um, I think what's going to be interesting as well is Joshua still has a lot of voices in his corner, and they'll all be unified at the start, and they're all sticking you know, the same plan, they're all singing from the same hymn sheet. I think once things start to get a bit hairy, you're going to have Robert Garcia saying one thing, you're going to have Angel Fernandez saying another, got this other guy, Joby Clayton, who was shouting, right, feed AJ and all this stuff in the first fight, and he was way off. And I think that's going to all get in Joshua's head, and I think, I think it's all just going to fall apart, I think, in the second half of the fight. Um, possibly, possibly throwing the toilet at some point, I think. Hello then, Joe. You're a UC man as well, aren't you? Tell us how it's going to end. What round? The head of the prediction league. Come on, Joe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you go by my picks, <laughs> yeah, you'd be very much in the red this year. Um, no, I, 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 I'm picking Usyk without much hesitation. Um, and yeah, I, I see the, I see the knockout coming as well. Um, can't remember when we talked about it before, but just how well. Usyk had finished the last fight, you know, he had Joshua in all sorts of trouble in the 12th. Mm. And I think we were saying that if it had happened maybe earlier on in the fight when, uh, you know, eight or nine rounds in, Usyk probably could have stepped on the stepped on the gas yeah. and got him out Stopped of there first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think, if he, he, you know, if we believe the narrative that, you know, Robert Garcia is going to try to get AJ to be more aggressive, um, I think we'll just see an acceleration of, of maybe that decline. And yeah, I, I, I can see him going. Um, I'm thinking the, the bookies are really good at the the over under here, ten and a half rounds they have it at. I think it's probably probably right. I think it'd be, it'd be halfway through the eleventh or something like that, or beginning at eleven down to the tenth. Um, but um, a, a points win wouldn't shock me either. There we go then, everybody. We have made our picks. The nutters have all gone for you, sick haters that we are. The predictions are made on Sunday as well. I'm going to be cutting that and putting it up as a separate pod. Thanks to everybody who's been up tonight with us. John O'Donovan's been on the call. So has Joe Kennedy, Danny Young, Zekonomics jumped on as well. Like I said before, if you're watching after the fact, leave your comments or your fight picks in the YouTube comment section below. So you can boast afterwards how you got it right, or you can disappear off. If you want to join us over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum like the boys, you're more than welcome to. We'll catch you all for the post-fight pod straight afterwards. It could be well into Sunday morning by the time the fight's finished. And then Matty will be in the hot seat on Sunday evening to go over it, to dissect it in uh, fine detail. I've been Steve Wellings. Thank you very much, everyone, for subscribing as always. And we'll catch you all again soon. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.